सहनावतु सहनोघनतु सहवीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मिद्विषावै शातिशाशाति पूर्णमद पूर्णमिद पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवशिष्य chapter let us read from the verse number 5 devi sampad vimokshaya nibandhaya surimata maashucha sampadam devi abhijato si pandava ृत्ति जान विदुरासुरा न शौचन्ना चाचार न सत्यम तेषु विद्यन वाय लॉर्ड कृष्णा इज अंडर टेक इन दिस डिस्कशन ऑफ द दैवी संपद अनासुरी संपद meaning the divine wealth and demoniac wealth or the divine tendencies in our mind and also the demoniac tendencies each one is born with this too whoever is born has his or her own share of the divine tendencies all the noble traits everybody has everybody has kindness and compassion and love in them there is no question about it there is always goodness in everyone for the simple reason that that is the true nature of the self also as we said earlier mind by nature is pure and they have always loving kind and compassionate 
that is the nature of mind also. However, because of ignorance, and ignorance which brings about many false notions and wrong perceptions, person unfortunately adopts wrong priorities and wrong values and winds up doing things which is herself hurting. On account of this, these hurting tendencies such as anger, lust, greed, all of these also arrogance, pride, these also have entered the mind. And therefore we find these two opposing tendencies. One are the inherent tendencies, understand? Inherently, every human being, every living being, and every human being, and everybody's mind inherently is good, kind, loving. There's a question about it. Incidentally, however, there is also this anger and greed and jealousy and aggressiveness and fear, insecurity. Incidentally, these are also there because of ignorance. Often a question is asked, why is there evil in this universe? If God created this world, why is there evil? Why is there cruelty? Why is... It's, it's very difficult to explain that. Vedanta's answer is because of ignorance. There is ignorance also. Ignorance of the true nature of one's own self. Ignorance of the nature of the world. Ignorance of the nature of God. And this ignorance in turn brings about wrong notions about this. Beginning from wrong notions or wrong opinions about one's own self. Because of that, the wrong opinions about the world, because of that, the wrong opinions about God. This wrong opinions or false notions <coughs> are the cause of all anger or cruelty and greed and whatever damaging tendencies we find. Whatever damage we find anywhere is a result of these damaging tendencies which are there in the human mind. And those damaging tendencies have arisen because of just wrong understanding. Wrong understanding, wrong opinions, wrong notions. And those wrong notions or opinions or understanding has arisen from ignorance. <coughs> so ignorance is the cause of every problem in the world ultimately. And knowledge is the solution. Thus Vedanta presents knowledge as a solution to all the problems. <coughs> And a life based on knowledge. <coughs> there is a life based on ignorance and life based on knowledge. <coughs> ignorance brings about its own notions and priorities and values. And what are they? That we describe now. And knowledge or understanding brings about its own priorities and values. 
which we described earlier. Ahimsa, Satyam, Akrodha. When there is knowledge or viveka or discrimination, there is a value for non-violence, value for truthfulness, value for controlling one's anger, value for compassion or forgiveness. There is called viveka or discrimination when a person understands what is it that helps me. When viveka or discrimination is not there, then a person has a distorted view and what is hurtful is taken as helpful. So anger, greed, all of these are hurting one's own self. But because of aviveka or lack of discrimination, those hurtful tendencies are thought to be helpful tendencies and they were adopted. So even though, even the people who are evil, supposedly, ultimately are ignorant, ultimately are helpless, helpless before their own impulses, helpless because of their own conclusions, and because of their priorities, and because of the impulses. In that sense, we should not hate anybody. Because the people who look hateful outwardly also are ignorant and helpless inwardly, understand that. That is why the famous statement, hate the sin and not the sinner. <coughs> hate the sin in as much as be always ready to remove the sin. First of all, from our own self and if you can, help others also to do that. <clears throat> so all this discussion is not to condemn the sinners or condemn the evil-minded people so much, but here we find a very vivid description of the evil-minded people. How ignorance and non-discrimination and false perception have created in them wrong priorities, wrong values, and therefore wrong behavior. <clears throat> so here we will see different opinions and behavior of these people. And I am sure that each one of us will find some elements of these in ourselves also. So this description is given not to brand some people as demoniac, etc. or judge other people or judge even ourselves as demoniac or anything. It is just to identify this if you don't like the word demoniac, say hurting, hurtful tendencies. Our Swami doesn't like these words demoniac, etc. There is no demon. As I said, ultimately everybody is God only, everybody is divine. To brand somebody as demoniac is wrong, true. But we understand, as I explained to you, how these so-called demoniac tendencies are purely out of ignorance and therefore wrong conclusions. But call them hurtful tendencies. 
tendencies which hurt the self and hurt others. <coughs> so people who, are, who display these hurtful tendencies are described here so that if we find some of those kind of behaviors in us, those kind of opinions in us, those kind of, then we recognize those tendencies are there in us. Just rather than <coughs> simply naming the tendency, <coughs> such as anger, greed, etc., simply instead of naming them, here Lord Krishna vividly describes how those tendencies manifest in different opinions and different behavioral patterns. <coughs> so if we observe <coughs> similar opinions or behavioral patterns in us, then we can see that we can look for those tendencies, identify them. So all the discussion that follows is simply to identify hurtful tendencies in our own self, recognizing that they are our enemies, they are the inner enemies, constantly robbing us of the peace of our mind, robbing us of our happiness, and robbing us also of the happiness that may come from the, the world from relating to other people, from enjoying even the what God has given to us. Whatever God has given to us, may not be many, much, but whatever little has been given to us, all of that can we enjoy, if our mind is available to enjoy them. <coughs> but when the mind is riddled, by these hurtful tendencies, then not only we lose the capacity to enjoy what we have, but what should be enjoyed turns into a source of pain other than, so you think that could otherwise be enjoyed. Those very things in fact become source of pain. Life becomes miserable. And thus Vedanta teaches us that the cause of sorrow lies within our own self in the form of these hurtful tendencies. Identify them, work diligently to slowly remove them. That must be the first value to make our mind free from these hurtful tendencies. That will be conducive to our own well-being. First, emotional well-being and then physical well-being. That will conduce you to healthy relationships, conduce you to being happy in life and conduce you to not only spiritual progress but also material progress. <coughs> this for living successful life it is very important that we cultivate this divine or the helpful tendencies within ourselves. 
So understand the reason why we are discussing what we are discussing. Not to judge ourselves or anybody. Not to brand and create new complexes. We already have enough of them. And we do not want any new complexes to be created by this. But all this description is purely to understand, identify those tendencies if they show up in our mind. And by Pratipaksha Bhavana, by deliberately taking the opposite viewpoint, diffuse them. As we said, anger is diffused by compassion. Greed is diffused by generosity. Jealousy is diffused by congratulating the person for whom I have jealousy. Like this, for every negative or hurting tendency, there is always a helping tendency also. And thus, this hurtful tendency should be constantly diffused by a healthy, an unhealthy tendency to diffuse by a healthy tendency. That becomes a sadhana, it's a spiritual sadhana. It is a very important spiritual practice. <clears throat> People do all kinds of spiritual practices and not this one. It is possible therefore that by many spiritual practices we might gain other things but unless we change our own nature, you will gain some powers. Unless the nature changes, those things are not helpful at all. We do not need any powers, you don't need anything to be happy. All you need is to be a good person, to be a person who enjoys this divine tendency. That's all. And that is our, that is our birthright because that's our nature. So the Purushartha, the real effort in life for a human being is to identify these hurtful tendencies and diffusing them, getting rid of them. That is the real victory in life. That's a real success in life. The ultimate success in terms of moksha is not far away. When? This success is gained. Understand that. Devi Sampatvi Moksha. These divine tendencies are conducive to moksha, liberation, freedom, happiness, health, wealth, everything. Nibandhaya, Asurimata. The demoniac or negative or unhealthy tendencies are for bondage and misery and suffering in every way. Therefore, Lord Krishna describes in detail these unhealthy tendencies. In the verse 7 we were told, Pravattim chanavrattim janana viduhu asuraha. Asuraha janaha naviduhu. The people with this unhealthy or hurtful or distorted mind, they do not understand. They don't understand. They cannot comprehend. What should I do in order to help me? What should I do so that I'll be happy? Naturally, we should do that which is means of our happiness, which makes us free, 
which makes us free from fear, which is conducive for security, freedom, happiness, we should have, be able to, we should be able to discern. When choices are there, alternatives are there, what we should basically discern is, what choice should I make, what should I do in a given situation so that I'll be happy, healthy, secure, free. And what should I avoid? Doing which will make me unhappy, unhealthy, fearful, bound. I should not do that. It's very simple, isn't it? But we should have a clear mind. If the mind is clear, then alone we can discern this. If mind is distorted, we cannot discern it. So people having this unhealthy tendencies cannot discern what is helpful and what is hurtful. <clears throat> doing what is conducive with the happiness and doing what will bring out unhappiness, they cannot discern. Nasaucham, there's no purity in them. No outward purity, no inward purity. Their intentions are not pure. There is dambha pretension, always wheeling and dealing, always planning and scheming to exploit others, to cheat others, to take advantage of others. Na bi achara hai. There is no sadachara. There is no good conduct. Their conduct also is not good in the sense that both ways. One definition of good conduct is I should not do unto others what I do not want to be done to me. The basis of the good conduct is I should not do to others what I do not want to be done to me. Or I should do to others what I want to be done to me. That's the basis of good conduct. I do not want others to hurt me, cheat me, lie to me, insult me, rob me. I shouldn't do that to others also. I want others to be kind to me, loving to me. Then I should be a loving, kind to others also. This becomes a basis of good conduct. And the laws of land and the norms of the society, they are also part of good conduct, which are also based on this fundamental law. In a person who generally follows the good conduct, <coughs> that good conduct also is called dharma, righteousness. And he is a righteous person, he is a good person. This acharaha, however, in these people, you do not find this. They seem, they find, we find them violating the basic rules of the society, basic rule of the law, basic rules of the morality also. Nasatyam te vidyate, you do not find 
truthfulness in them. <coughs> There's no respect for truth. Why that will be stated later, next verse. You don't respect truth. Never. You don't find truthfulness or honesty in them. Do not find good conduct in them. Do not find purity or sanctity in them. You do not find the capacity to discern what is right and what is wrong. <coughs> so this is the general description of what we call the demoniac kind of people. question arises. How come they do not understand what is right and what is wrong? You know, one cannot discern in a given situation what is dharma and what is dharma. Possible. Sometimes it may not be that easy or simple to determine what is right and what is wrong. It happens. Then you always consult people who are wise. And there are scriptures who give us the directions. For the Indian people, the Vedas were there. And based on Veda, there are so many smritis. Itihasa, Purana, Swachaihi. Vast literature is there. Ramayana, for example, is a demonstration of how to live life. Mahabharata also. So when all of this is there, How come still these people do not know? Or not able to determine what is right and what is wrong? What is dharma and what is dharma? And so that question is answered. <coughs> also, don't they know that if they violate the law, that they'll be violated? Don't they know that? Just as, as far as the law of land is concerned, We know that if we violate the law, we'll be violated. The fellow is merrily going away at 80, 80 miles an hour because there is thrill. But inside he knows <coughs> he has fitted in his car some radar which can sense a traffic patrolman within what, one mile or some, you know. <coughs> so why should you feed a radar? Swami, I say, what is this? Why is it making noise? Say, Swami is a radar. This noise tells you that there is a patrolman in the vicinity. I say, how did you slow down? So, you know, this, this sound is there. This fellow slows down. What does it mean? It means that inside he knows that what he's doing is wrong and that he can be caught and that he can be punished. This knowledge is there. So what joy can there be when there is fear inside? The fear is there inside. Even when I am enjoying the thrill of 80 miles an hour, inside I am looking around, you know. The son-in-law may be there. Different names are given to those fellows, you know, to traffic patrolmen. (laughs) 
So everybody knows that when we violate, we will be violated. The same thing is true about the moral law. That when I do to someone, what I do not want to be done to me, I know I am doing something wrong. A thief, for example, does he not know that he is doing something wrong? A thief. Otherwise, why should he go at night? If the thief did not know, I didn't know I was doing something wrong, if he says that, then you will walk into somebody's house in broad daylight and pick up things in front of others and walk away because he thinks it's right. No. At night, he stealthily enters from a place where nobody knows. These days different alarms are there, I don't know how they still manage. <coughs> and takes everything so that nobody notices. These days there are all kinds of videos everywhere. It's a tough job, but still people do. Knowing fully well that what I'm doing is wrong. Also knowing that whenever we do something wrong, we will be punished. If there was no punishment, then you don't mind doing wrong also. At home also, if there is no punishment, parents sometimes are so loving, so-called loving, permissive. <clears throat> okay, beta, it doesn't matter, all right? Next time, don't do it. He knows mother is not going to do it. Next time, okay, beta, next time, don't do it. When the child knows I won't be punished, I'm not suggesting punishment, I'm just giving an example. That's it. Then you take the liberty. You give a slap to a child, a swami, you told me to punish you. Don't do that, please. <laughs> Next time swami comes into a house and asks your child prostrate, he won't do that. On one hand, they say, Swamiji told me to do this, and Swami, and then, then next time they say, bow down to Swami. You think he's going to do that? I see parents bring a child to me and then ask them to bow down to Swamiji. Then the child. <laughs> He'll punish you. So the Swami is, you know, that's how parents very quietly use the Swami. I'll tell Swamiji, Swami will do this to you. If this is what the child is told, and then if you expect the child to bow down, how is he going to do that? In India, people commonly tell children, if Swami will come, Baba will come, take you away, there you scare them, you know. You see, when mother cannot get things done by child, through the child, they just take the shortcut, scare them. Police will come. A Swami will come, you know. So the fellow becomes quiet, becomes obedient. Next time you see Swami, he gets scared. Anyway, but the point is that everybody knows that you will be punished. So these fellows also know. Even the evil-minded people know 
that what they do is wrong, they are likely to be punished. How come they are not deterred? So that those questions are answered in the verse number 8. <clears throat> Asatyam apratishthante Jagadahura Nishwaram Aparasparasambhutam Kimanyatkamahaitukam Asatyam, their belief is that this world of people is untruthful. Swami, there is no truth anywhere. Because they are not truthful, they perceive everybody also as untruthful. You see how a person's mind can get distorted. And usually we look at the world through our own glasses. Usually we think that other people are like us. That's usually what we think. And that's why people often get uh, hurt. Do you think everybody, if you are good, you think others are also like you only? It takes a long time to discover that the world is different. But contrarywise, a person who is dishonest or untruthful himself or herself, thinks that everybody is like that also. Asatyam, Jagat Ahuhu, they say that in the world there is no truth. <clears throat> Just as we are false, everybody is false. Everybody is like that. And they don't respect the scriptures. They don't think scriptures are telling truths. What are these scriptures? They are the products of the minds of some fellow's vested interests. These fellows have laid down the laws and rules simply to control and exploit other people. This is the view. What are the scriptures doing? <coughs> what are the so-called moral code of conduct? Is nothing but an excuse <coughs> on the part of these people to control, hold power, and control and exploit the rest of the society. We don't believe in them. So they do not think that the scriptures such as Vedas or anything are valid. Asatyam. They are not truthful, not valid. And if you do not accept the authority of scripture, scriptures teach two things primarily. One, they teach about dharma. Righteousness, what is good conduct? And they teach that, they teach us good conduct for our own good. So, from scriptures we learn what dharma and what dharma is, what is righteous and what is unrighteous. So that we can follow scriptures tell you also, if you lead a righteous life, what the outcome is, lead unrighteous life, what the outcome is, that also they tell you. If you read that, then you know what the consequences are of violating the law, then you will be also motivated to follow the law. <coughs> the second thing scriptures teach is about God. How there is a creator, 
a sustainer, an ordainer, how there is order, how there is fairness and justice, how everyone is accountable for what they do, how you have to ultimately you reap the benefit of what you do or you to pay for whatever violations you, you commit. That there is, there is a justice in the universe. There is a law and order. Why is it that? Because there is an ordainer. There is Ishwara. So this is what the scriptures teach. But these fellows, asatyam, they don't accept any scriptural authority. They don't accept any dharma, dharma. Apratishthamte. There is no dharma in this world. There is no righteousness. There is no order. Anishwaram. There is no Ishwara. There is no ordainer. No creator. They simply don't accept these things. You ask them, who created the world? One view is that the world is created by Ishwara. <coughs> Some people do not accept Ishwara. They will say the world is a product of karma. In India also there are schools of thought where Ishwara is not looked upon as, they don't accept creator, Ishwara as creator. They say that it is karma or dharma which is the cause of the creation. Alright. So either Ishwara is the cause of creation or dharma is the cause of creation. But they don't accept Ishwara also, dharma also. So who, who has created the world? They are what we call the, uh, they only accept what is evident to the senses. Aparasparasambhutam. They say that this world of creation is a product of nothing but passion. Aparasparasambhutam. Creation is the result of the passionate union between male and female. That's all. It is karma or passion that is the primary driving force behind this creation. Kimanyat. What other reason can there be there? Kamahetukam. Kama or the passion is the only cause for the creation. That's what you see. These are the people who simply accept what they see and nothing more than that. For them, the universe is a creation of the natural selection. You know this natural selection. That the evolution is a result of natural selection. Where is God? There is no other creator other than natural selection. That's all. And natural selection is based on what? Based on this basic urge of sexual urge, sexual gratification and survival, preservation. So these are the basic, that is, that is what determines the natural selection by the way. So universe is product of natural selection and what is the basis of natural selection? <coughs> survival. How do you survive? If you procreate. How do you survive? If you appease your hunger and thirst. And survival of the fittest. That's how the natural selection works. And that is the cause of creation. There is nothing more than that. Kama hai They will say that Kama 
or the lust is the primary driving force behind everything. <coughs> Sounds familiar? Doesn't sound familiar from your faces. Looks like, I don't know whether you know anything at all, but anyway, this is... <laughs> Everybody is looking at me as though they are listening to the first time. But the, the evolutionists, there's nothing wrong in evolution as such, but to, the, the, the evolution is the process, of, but philosophy is the problem here. Evolution is an observation of natural selection is one thing. But we have a problem with the philosophy. Their conclusion that there is nothing beyond natural selection. The Freudian philosophy that only driving force is lust. Nothing else. It's a primary force. And that is the cause of natural selection. So Freud on one hand, Darwin on the other hand, all of these, this is... So no God. <coughs> Scriptures are, you know, they, they have failed, in fact, to help the mankind. This view is a very valid view, by the way, obtaining in many people right now, because they will not accept anything beyond what the perception tells them. Although, these people can, they need not be immoral, by the way, the people who do not accept God, or do not accept scriptural authority, can also be good people, can also be moral people, they have been many. But here, what happens is not accepting scriptures, scriptural authority, not accepting Ishvara or God, and not accepting an order or dharma, becomes a very convenient thing for justifying your liberty, your behavior. So the demoniac people will conveniently use this philosophy to justify whatever they want to do. <clears throat> and so what do they do with this? The ninth verse tells us that. Etam drishtimavashtabhya Having recourse to this view, this is our philosophy. So understand that every human being always has a philosophy of life, by the way. Every, everybody, whether educated or not, literate or illiterate, everybody is bound to have a philosophy of life. Everybody has his or own concept of what the goal of life is and what are the means to achieve that goal? Everybody has this understanding. It is that understanding which actually is behind the driving force, behind what they do. So people of demoniac tendencies, their distorted mind, they do not accept a creator or ordinary God, 
they do not accept an order of dharma, they do not accept any scriptural authority uh, that there can be anybody wise, you know, or enlightened. They simply conveniently draw the conclusions based on perception and you perceive what you see is this only. You, you perceive this, that all creation is a result of the union of male and female, it's obvious. So that is what is evident. And so that is accepted as the driving force. That the universe is a product of karma or lust. And the life is meant for fulfilling lust. That's all. Life is a product of lust. And purpose of life is to fulfill your lust. That's all. This is their philosophy. Etam dashtim avastabhya Taking recourse to this view of life Nashtatmanaha Alba Buddha Nashtatmanaha People whose mind is destroyed. You know what is meant by mind being destroyed? That the mind's capacity to make the right choices is destroyed. The mind is not destroyed. But the purpose why the mind is given to us is to make the choices for us to help us. But because of their distorted perception, their mind is destroying as much as they have lost the capacity to make the right choices for themselves. <coughs> Alba Buddha. And therefore, their minds are engrossed in little things. All they can see, the, what to tell us further. But their minds are only preoccupied with little things. They are, the minds are occupied with the only ideas of sense gratification. Their urges in the senses, and therefore the minds are preoccupied with planning and scheming about how to fulfill our urges of gratification. Sense gratification, emotional gratification, ego gratification. Basically two, sense gratification and ego gratification. That's all, that is again evident that this is what I want. And therefore, those whose minds are preoccupied simply by the desire to fulfill, desire to gain gratification. Alpa Prabhavanti Ugra Karmanaha. Those people are given to cruel actions. A person becomes cruel when one's own need becomes so overwhelming. I become so helpless before my need that I have to fulfill my need. And because of my preoccupation with what I want, I become insensitive to the needs of others. I do not realize that in the process of fulfilling my need, that I am hurting other people. Ugra karmanaha, krura karmanaha, 
These people are seen to perform cruel actions. Kshayaya jagato hitaha, jagata ahitaha. They become the enemies of the world. Jagata kshayaya. And for destruction of the world, all they are doing is destruction of the world because that's the only way they can fulfill their desires. Imagine the kind of desire they must be entertaining. Suppose you entertain desire that you will go to paradise. You know this paradise? Where you get 72 uh, uh, damsels. Have you heard of this? You people are very innocent, I guess, you know. So this is what you do. You go to paradise right away. Where you get 72 apsaras. So what do you what need to do? Blow yourself up. In the process, blow a few other people, that's all. Blow as many as you can. So these suicide bombers or whatever, you know. They think they're doing right? They think they're doing God's work? They're, they literally believe that. And the only way to do God's work you see, that's philosophy. God is going to kill them anyway. Before God kills, let us kill them. So that we have done God's work and we will be rewarded by a place in paradise. <clears throat> how many will see there in paradise? All these fellows go, each one of them gets 72. <laughs> so how, that is out of proportion, isn't it? <laughs> Usually, this... There are 50-50 men and women, that's the usual thing. But each one gets 72, the goddess to create something special for them, I don't know what. But they said, what an ambition. Other than lust, I mean, what is driving them other than lust, tell me. The purpose of going to paradise is simply to fulfill your lust, nothing more than that. Those who teach them and those who believe. You can see that this description that we see here is very vivid. This not only this this existed all the times, by the way. We are just presenting to you an example because evident to us. But this kind of entities existed all the time. They think that they are doing a favor to the world by destroying it. Jagata ahitaha, the enemies of the world, jagata kshayaya pravrittaha, they are only engaged in destruction of people. Because that's the only way they can fulfill their desire. The way, the, the kind of desires they have are such that fulfilling their desire automatically brings about a harm to other people. There is no other way of fulfilling the desire. And how is it so, we will see later. Next one says, how they wind up hurting others, what is going on in their minds, is further described here. Kamama Shritya Dushpuram Dambhamana Madanvitaha 
मोहाद गृहीत्वा सद्ग्राहान प्रवर्तन्ते शुचिव्रता कामम आश्रित दुष्पूरम रिसोर्डिंग टू द डिजायर एक्चुअली कामा मीन्स लस्ट बेसिकली बट कामा ऑल्सो कैन मीन डिजायर सो डिजायर एम्बिशंस दे हैव कामा हियर मीन्स एन एम्बिशन दुष्पूरम कामम एम्बिशन दैट कैन नेवर बी फुलफिल्ड For the very simple reason is that that is the nature of karma or a craving. <clears throat> Because you fulfill one craving, it gives rise to other craving in its place. That is the nature of desire. That we fulfill a desire. That desire is gone, but certainly in its place another desire comes. That is why. Desire is compared to fire. Just as we cannot quench fire by pouring kerosene in there. Suppose there is fire and then you spray kerosene, what will happen? So kama and krodha, this lust and anger and greed, all of these are compared to fire. And fulfilling them is like feeding the fire with fuel. Therefore, these impulses become more and more intense. So Lord Krishna says, "Dushpuram kamam ashritya." They have taken this sort recourse to fulfilling desires which are impossible to appease. Like fire cannot be appeased, so also these desires cannot be appeased, ambitions cannot be appeased, and you should observe this in the world. As long as ambitious people also follow fair and legitimate means, so long it's okay. What happens is that ambition, being what it is, a time comes when ambition gets better of him, and he can no more fulfill the ambition by fair means. You have to resort to foul means, and we see in the world also. You know all these big corporations, big people, not you and I. People who are big, meaning wealthy, what they call filthy rich. What is it? That kind of people. <clears throat> This person was removed as I think CEO of a very big corporation recently. You know what his bonus was going to be? Sixty-one, sixty-two million dollars—that annual something like that. This is the kind of thing that they get annually with the stock options and this option, all kinds of things. And still, that's not enough. The reason why he did it because he wanted more than this. That's why all kinds of the problems he created. So people who have plenty. They want more plenty. If small fellow does a little thing, you know, he lifts something, shoplifting, is understandable. But they are caught first because there are videos, <laughs> and here there are no videos. 
supposedly the government agents are videos, you know, supposedly. But everybody is vulnerable. Everybody is pliable. There are lobbyists, and there are this, and there are fellows who know whether it's justice and whatever kind of things are, everything is vulnerable in this world. I am most amazed to see, I had great respect, I still have great respect for the United States. And it's law and order, and it's justice and everything, very respectable. One of the most mature countries, you know, in terms of its democratic institutions and things. Maybe coming from India, I guess the contrast is so evident. But unfortunately, when you read the stories here, coming out every day, you find that human mind is not much different. The only way to keep control is to strengthen the law and order. But the human mind will wiggle out of the law and order wherever it finds its loophole. Wherever it finds an opening in the, in the fencing, it will enter. And that tendency we find as much as here is anywhere else because it just means that prosperity or affluence is not a solution to the problem of uh, human uh, greed or human in inadequacy. <clears throat> All of this should teach us lessons as to how any amount of wealth, any amount of power, any amount of material achievements on their own. There is nothing wrong in power and material achievement by itself. But if a person expects that, I will gain a sense of satisfaction from them, that has not yet happened. You will hardly find any person enjoying wealth and power, being content with that. Everybody wants always more and more than they have. As Kathopanishad says, Na manushya hai, na vittere tarpaniyo manushya hai. A human being can never be contented or satisfied with wealth. Name, fame, power, recognition. <clears throat> Those things are all great in themselves, good in themselves. To have name and fame and power is empowerment. They are means and not the end. You can have them and you can well use them for doing good to others. But if you think that they are the end in our life, then that is a wrong perception. And we can see how people are landing in jail and stuff like that just because of the wrong philosophy, thinking that more I have, happier I am. <clears throat> how those ambitions then overtake their sense of morality also and how people wind up compromising or violating moral values. And I still respect the system here because they are caught, they are taken to court and they are behind bars also. This will not happen in other countries. People, such powerful people, 
as an Enron, whatever it is, you know, I don't think another country will be caught. He will buy every justice system and every police, all systems he will buy. But he could not do that here. So that shows, speaks really something of, of, of United States. All I am saying is that uh, human mind is not much different. And how, if we cannot curb our ambitions, cannot curb the lust, cannot curb the greed, cannot curb the desire by Viveka or discrimination, how they get better of us and it ruins us. Kamam Ashritya Dushpuram, having taken resort to insatiable desires and cravings and ambitions. Dambhamana Vadanvitaha, for fulfilling them, what do you require? Dambha. Dambha means pretending to be different from what you are, showing something different from what you are. Mana, having pride. Dambha, vanity. Mana, pride, mother, arrogance. This is what we find. See, people, when they rise up, you see, in nature, what happens is, they say how, how the, the good people are. The saintly people are like trees. When the trees are loaded with fruits, then they always bend down, you know. So, so when a person is loaded with wealth, etc., he should become, in fact, humble. Instead of that, they become arrogant. <clears throat> so vanity, pride, arrogance, that's what we find in these people. Mohad, Gruhitva, Asadgrahan. Because of moha, because of delusion, they have adopted wrong values in life. They have concluded that the success in life is simply by accumulating more and more of the wealth and power. This is a wrong perception of life. And in that process, they are violating all values and thereby violating themselves and constantly hurting themselves. They do not realize that in the process of achieving the material wealth, how they are constantly incurring a spiritual loss. Pravartante Ashvachivrataha People of pure, impure resolve. In their mind also the resolves are impure. They will be shown how their impure resolves are there. So resolves are impure because of wrong understanding of life and wrong priorities and wrong values, they were full of vanity, pride and arrogance and chasing insatiable desire. <clears throat> Therefore, the next verse is Chintam Parimeyancha Pralayantam Upashritaha Kamu Pabhoga Paramaha 
ಏತಾವದಿ ನಿಶ್ಚಿತ ಅಪರಿಮಯ ಚಿಂತಾಂಗ್ಸೈಟೀಸ್ ಎಂಡ್ಲೆಸ್ ಎಂಗ್ಸೈಟೀಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ದೇ ಆರ್ ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಸಿ ಎಂಡ್ ವೆನ್ ದಿ ಪ್ರಯೋರಿಟೀಸ್ ಆರ್ ರಾಂಗ್ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ವಯೋಲೇಟಿಂಗ್ ದಿ ಬೇಸಿಕ್ ಫ್ಲೋ ಆಫ್ ಲೈಫ್ ಸಿ ಲೈಫ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಸಡನ್ ಫ್ಲೋ ದಿರ್ ಇಸ್ ಸಡನ್ ಆರ್ಡರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಸ್ ಲಾಂಗ್ ಆಸ್ ಅವರ್ ಲೈಫ್ is based on that order and that flow so long there is harmony when we have values that are violating the order when priorities and values violate the order then we are necessarily we are necessarily going in the direction which is opposite the flow so imagine a powerful flow of river and one is trying to swim in the opposite direction so chintam aprimayam cha countless anxieties they have because their well being is only dependent upon the material achievements which is not in their anybody's control one thing we should know that we cannot control the outcome for action they know also that doing something wrong they know that they are cheating their shareholder what are they doing so when we do this there are going to be number one a guilt complex there is also going to be always an anxiety that i can be caught when you're lifting the shop will there be no anxiety or yes because you know that there is a video some place and you see and look around there also the video sees you know that this fellow is looking around you think there's nobody is watching you pick up something there's an anxiety and then look around and because you to pass through uh, the counter and whether you know i think there are sometimes some kind of uh, uh, what do you call them some uh, sensors are there you know and if you walk away with some goods which are not will not pass through those computer things then they will sense also so you have to avoid you have to somehow uh, avoid that video that sensor all kinds of things and other shoppers must be very anxious unless a person is sick it is difficult to do it in short whenever we live our life where we know that we are violating the norms there are going to be anxieties that we may be caught and inside everybody knows that when we violate values we get punished also because their sense of well-being is dependent totally on things external to them there is always an anxiety whether those things will be favorable or not see if your comfort comes from within yourself then you are comfortable and you are less and less dependent on the world around you for your comfort and more independence is there less anxiety is there more dependent i am for my comfort on the world around on the people around on the things around on my income on my power on my recognition if these things determine 
how comfortable I am going to be, then those things are uncertain because I cannot control them. Always anxiety. Will this work out or not? Will the stock prices like this? Will this? All kinds of anxiety. Chintam, aparimayam. Therefore, given to innumerable anxieties. And when these anxieties come to an end, pralayantam, they will go on until the death. They will they live in anxieties and die with anxieties. Kamupahoga paramaha. That's all intent only upon the enjoyment of senses. Kama means sense gratification. Kama means sense gratification. Kamupahoga paramaha. Only given to or devoted to, they are also devoted. Devoted to what? Devoted to merely fulfilling that urge for sense gratification. <clears throat> but Swami, you wonder think somewhat in the life? No, etavadir nishchitaha. This is their nishchaya. This is their conviction in life. That that's all life is about. Life is about merely fulfilling your passions. There is nothing more than that. That is the philosophy. As I said, everybody is a philosophy. This people's philosophy is that life is meant for fulfilling your desires and gratification. Yavad jivet, sukham jivet. Vrunam krutva, grutam pivet. Have you ever heard of this? Yavad jivet, sukham jivet. As long as you live, live happily. Happily means gratify your desires. But desires are so many, you don't have adequate means. Runam krutva. You can buy and borrow, borrow. Gritam pivet. If necessary, you can borrow. But drink ghee. Enjoy yourself. But don't you realize you are accountable for what you do? All debts you are incurring, loading your credit cards, you know. People are no concern. At the end of the day they find a $60,000, $70,000, you know. I was surprised, read every year in the United States there are 100,000 bankruptcies. Do you know that? 100,000 bankruptcies every year. And Bankers are on the part of ordinary people. Because there are gold pla- cards and platinum cards and this car, all these cards come in mail. And they are so tempting. And you just show the card and so you just load up your credit card. Soon before you realize there are six credit cards. It all adds up to $70,000. You file bankrupt, what will you do? Anyway, whatever, but etavadinishchitaha you can see people living life like this. It is really terrible. This is what you see people doing. Make marry. That's all. Nothing else. The <clears throat> nischaya is that this is all there is to life is to offer. There is nothing more than that. Nothing beyond that. They cannot even think that human life can have a greater potential. That there can be something, uh, there can be a satisfaction greater than sense gratification. They don't even realize that gratification, sense sense gratification is a very, uh, uh, is a a whole pursuit which is very exhausting. 
Because more you gratify yourself, more you need. And the capacity of objects to give gratification diminishes. You know the law of diminishing return. That first plate of ice cream can give you great joy. Second plate of ice cream, 50%. Third plate of ice cream, 33%. Fourth plate of ice cream, 20%. Fifth plate of ice cream, 10% of joy. Sixth plate of ice cream, 2% of joy. Seventh plate of ice cream brings all six plates out, you know. <laughs> you know that human capacity to, to enjoy so... The human, human body is not meant for that, really. It's not meant for sense gratification. You get exhausted in no time. If sense gratification was the purpose of life, you, we should have been born more like a pig <laughs> or, or some such creatures who can keep eating, you know, from morning till evening, keep on eating and no problem. Like our Swamiji said, her, her beta Swamiji, What's, who is the buffalo? Buffalo is the stomach walking on four legs, that's all it is, so keep eating. But our stomach is not like that. How much can you eat? How much sense gratification can you have? And what a loss of energy. You get exhausted. But don't, they, they thought, they can't think. This is all the life has to offer, nothing more than that. <clears throat> Therefore, the next verse is, Asha Pashashatair Baddhaha Kamakrodha Parayanaha Ihante Kamabhogartham Anyayenartha Sanjayan Asha Pashashatai Baddhaha they are bound by the fetters of hundreds of desires. They say desires are such that more you fulfill, more they arise. So they are bound, not by some external ropes or chains, bound by the fetters of desires and likes and dislikes. Understand, that is called the bondage, that's the nature of bondage. Bondage is not something external, it is internal. Call them desires, Call them likes and dislikes. Countless. Asha, Pasha, Shatai. Hundreds means countless likes and dislikes. Because more you fulfill your likes and dislikes, more they arise. Kama, Krodha, Parayana. And all you see in them, nothing but Kama, ambitions and Krodha, anger. Because desires are always going to bring our anger. Understand that anger is always the product of a desire. A desire when not satisfied results into anger. So, if you want to understand the mechanism of anger, the common question is, Swamiji, how do we deal with anger? Anger is a cause. If we remove the cause, the effect can get removed. You try to remove anger, it keeps coming back again and again. 
They tell you, if you get angry, then, then have a punching bag and do something, you know, all kinds of stuff they tell you. Okay, that's all right. Or if anger comes, speak out. Don't keep it inside. Suppose you do that. Momentarily you are relieved of the pressure of anger. Comes back again. The anger knows this fellow is vulnerable. He'll come again. And again. And again. So we should know what's the cause of anger. Cause of anger is desire. Or demand. Or craving. So whenever demand or desires becomes frustrated, then that very desire gets converted into anger. Stronger the desire, stronger the anger. So when there are kama, kama, asha, pasha, there are so many desires and expectations are there. Either they are impossible to fulfill or they don't have means to fulfill them. <coughs> And they entertain desires anyway. Because ultimately desires grow to a point where it goes beyond your means. And therefore, anger is going to be there because frustrated desires bring out anger. Kama, krodha, parayanaha, all you see in them are nothing but the very demanding people. Always want this, want that, want this, want that. And always angry. And so people are always, you know, it's like a, like a mine, you know. You step on and it blows. So some people, you don't know how to relate. You lose, they say something and there's a blow up. People are always scared, you know, and they always keep a distance. Sometimes people complain, Swamiji, nobody talks to me, you know. But we have to examine our own behavior, what kind of things we have. Because sometimes when somebody touches, and we react. <coughs> Kama krodha parayanaha ihante kama bhogartham Only desire and activity going on in their life is to fulfill their kama or fulfill their, their craving for sense gratification. Anyayana artha sanchayan As a result, they amass wealth by unfair means, anyaya. They say it for anybody. However rich or wealthy you are, the desires being what they are, a time will come when whatever means you have are insufficient to fulfill your desire and you will have to resort to unfair means. Whoever it is, even if you are president or you are the wealthiest man in the world, if you, if you fall for desire, wealth is by itself no problem. But if you are driven by desire, the desire will drive you to a point where fulfilling desire is impossible by any fair means. And therefore, you will have to adopt to foul means. Anyayana, arthasanchayan, for fulfilling the desires, they resort to means that are unfair or illegitimate. <clears throat> this is called greed. That a person keeps on amassing wealth by means fair and foul. Because wealth can never give satisfaction to anybody. By wealth, we do not only mean money. By wealth we mean anything like power, like fame, like name, recognition. All of these are included in wealth. And for amassing this kind of wealth, ultimately people have to resort to unfair means. 
and you have to know this. Not only power, that we know, but even recognition, such as gaining Nobel Prize, you know. You know there are politics everywhere. In everywhere there are politics. In Nobel uh, Club also there are politics. Who will be uh, nominated for Nobel Prize and who will be selected and all kind of selection process. Everywhere things are going on. Nothing seems to be straightforward. Everywhere the survival of the fittest. Anyayana artha sanchayan. So then the greedy person, what satisfaction he gets? The next verse tells us that. Ida madhyamaya labdham imam prapsye manuratham Ida masti idam Bhavishyadipunardhanam His satisfaction is only in what he accumulated. So every day counts. Idamadhyamayalabdham. By today, today this is what I got. Every day is profit and loss. Every day keeps on balancing the bottom line. Idamadhyamayalabdham. Today, this much has been gained by me. Ivam prapsemanoratham. This next thing now, I'm going to get this, this much more. I'll be so happy with that. This wealth I have, and later on this much I will have. This is all. The mind is totally occupied with, with this consideration. This much I have, tomorrow I will have this, presently I have this much, in future I will have that. That's all. This is where the total satisfaction comes. Like a child and a children, Playing marbles, you know, we used to have a dabba like this, a tin, you know, container. Fill the marble. Every night before going to bed, I would shake it and feel how many marbles are in there. From that sound of the marbles, I know whether today I earned some marbles or I lost them, you know. So from the sound, I have satisfaction. Ha ha ha. Today I gained some marbles. With satisfaction, I go to sleep. Next morning, I count them. At night, again, I do that. That's all. So, when I grow up to age 50, I still do the same thing. Instead of marbles, now I may kind count how many shares I have, what are the prices, how many other stuff I have, you know, and whatever they count these days, but that's all. No difference. For the child, the satisfaction came from marbles. When I grow up, satisfaction comes from dollars or thousands or millions or whatever. Same thing. <clears throat> but that, this greed, kama krodha parayana, anger is bound to be there in these people. How? Next verse tells us that. Asau mayahata shatruhu hanishe cha paranapi ishvaro hamaham bhogi Siddho hambalavan sukhi. These fellows are going to be enemies naturally because everybody wants the same thing. You see, the resources are limited. People who want are more. And therefore, I'm, these people are going to have enemies. 
And higher you go up, then more contenders are there, so you have to push other people down for you to go up. How else can you go up? So for you to rise up in the ladder, or you for you to expand your corporation, you must grab other things, like big fish swallowing the small fish. So that's the asaumaya hatashatruhu. This enemy today has been killed, meaning I, I swallowed him, destroyed him. A huge store comes. Small little fellows are destroyed, they're out. No, not even mom and pop store, they are no more existent. But even other stores, you know, which were otherwise big stores, which, which, which uh, destroyed the mom and pop store, now they are being destroyed by yet bigger stores. Another bigger store comes and destroys them. <clears throat> you know, all these, even the drug stores, there are huge stores come, the small things are gone. The super, biggest supermarket comes, other things are gone. Now 24 hour service. This is how the big fish swallowing the small fish. Everybody is in fear. Because the big fish who swallows can be swallowed by another big fish also. And sometimes you know what you find these days? That the fish may be very big. So its mobility is limited. So small things come and keep on biting it, you know. So nowadays another trend is that the huge stores are now attacked by small fellows. Anyway, so this is going on all the time. It's a jungle law. And if you enjoy that game, well and good. But otherwise, there's always a, a danger. You are always fear of when you will be eaten up. <clears throat> These fellows are thinking like this. This enemy, this competitor is gone. Today I have killed him, destroyed him. These fellows now remain my competitors. His plan is how to take care of them. So this will destroy this fellow, that fellow, that fellow. Aparanabi, Hanishe, I'll destroy the rest also. Ishwaroham. I am Ishwara, I am the Lord, I am the ruler. Aham Bhogi. I am the enjoyer. Siddhoham, I am successful. Balavan, powerful. Sukhi, happy. This is what they believe, not that they are, but they believe that I am successful, I am strong, I am powerful. See, unless you have this kind of false notions, you will be miserable. Therefore, they entertain this kind of notions within themselves and have a false sense of success and happiness. <clears throat> Further, what they think about themselves. The 15th verse says, Ardhyo bhijanavanasmi Konyosti sadrushomaya Yakshedasyami modishye Ityagnanami mohita Adhyasmi, I am wealthy. Abhijanavanasmi, I am born in a noble family. Konyosti sadrushomaya. Who is that in the world who is equal to me? 
Yakshe, I will perform rituals. Dasyami, I will give charity. Modishe, I will enjoy. Idi agnyar vimohitaha. Thus, diversely deluded in this manner. This is how they delude themselves in believing that they are like this. They live in their own world of delusion. <coughs> so, this is how Lord Krishna is vividly describing the mental framework and the resultant action, behaviors and actions of the people who are predominantly demoniac minded or predominant, having predominantly what we call the demoniac tendencies or damaging tendencies or hurtful tendencies. <coughs> the description will continue. We will continue that in our next class. <coughs> Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashashyate Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om